0: Plan savings with T-Mobile, third-line free, on essentials via monthly bill credits versus comparable available plans. Plan features may vary. Credits stop if you cancel or change plans. Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. This week, I'm going to be responding to a Facebook message I received about an energetic 16-month-old boy uh, who likes to climb, apparently. And his mother says he puts himself into physically dangerous situations. And the more she's showing her alarm, the more acrobatic he becomes. Before I begin, I want to remind everybody that both of my books, No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and Elevating Child Care A Guide to Respectful Parenting, are available on audio at audible.com and in paperback at Amazon and in ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Apple.com. Hi, Janet. I've been following you for the past one and a half years and am passionate about the respectful parenting approach and raising my little boy with respect and trust. I'm currently having an issue with my very busy 16-month-old boy who likes to jump on the couch and climb onto things and seems to frequently put himself in potentially dangerous situations. I don't want to continuously say no, but I find myself getting very frustrated with explaining the reasons why he can't do these things over and over, and I feel like he thinks it's all a game. Can you assist me with the way I should attempt to navigate these situations? The more I seem frustrated and he realizes he's getting a reaction from me, the more he's doing it. I'm trying to stay calm, but it's testing, and I feel I may not be using the right words or going about it in the best way. Hope to hear from you. Okay, so uh, it's wonderful that this mother already knows what's going on, that her son is definitely reacting to her responses, and her responses are empowering this kind of behavior, as our responses do with children. That's the way it works. So it's important for us to figure out where we actually have power and where we don't in these situations. Now, where we have power and need to use it is to create a safe free play environment for our children as much as we can. Uh, Ideally, it will be 100% safe and enclosed for babies and toddlers so that they can explore to their heart's content and We can be in there with them, observing them and enjoying what they're doing, or we can be able to leave and go to the bathroom or go do something, some work that we need to do and know that our child is safe. We'll have peace of mind and we won't have to be staring at them all the time and we also won't have to be interrupting them saying, don't do this, don't do that that isn't safe. I can't let you do that. Uh, so children get to develop their attention span and focus for long periods and really do this very beneficial kind of learning and exploring. And another thing children are learning all the time from us is what kind of leaders we are and if we can handle their behavior and what, uh, what has power with us and you know what gets a rise out of us. So that's always being explored as well. And that's another reason to have a safe place where that doesn't become a distraction for him that he needs to test. (laughs) What do my parents think about this? Instead, he can really play in a more inner directed manner where he's not uh, doing it for us, he's really doing it because he has that drive and he's following his interests and he's staying focused from within. So that's the ideal kind of play that that we want children to have and the best way of providing that is to really as early as possible with a very young infant to establish that space it doesn't have to be a huge space but it would be good if there could be some definitely some mobility in in that space so you know if you don't have a huge area you can adapt just a, you know a corner of a room or something you can you can use that for his safe play space. And having a something to climb on in there would be wonderful. There's a piece that's sold as a rocking boat. But actually, if you turn it over, it is a set of like three steps that make sort of a little bridge shape. And this is just a wonderful basic climbing piece for children. And you can have it on a safe mat so that children can jump off the top of it when they're ready to, they will do that and be safe doing that. So that's what I would look at first of all. And you could even have a sofa in his safe environment or chairs as long as it would be safe for him to jump off of them, meaning you would have something soft underneath them, you'd have rugs or cushions, and so that he couldn't get hurt if he if he did decide to jump. Well, I refer to this, and uh, also my associate Lisa Sunbury, we refer to this as a yes space, because it's a place where we don't have to say no, 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 and interrupt our children because they're doing something unsafe or inappropriate. We can relax, and they can relax and get deeply involved in what they're doing. And it's a wonderful gift for children and for parents. So I would take a look at that. It's a little harder to establish with uh, a child who's already walking and a bit older. It's just a little harder for them to accept why there's suddenly, uh, you know a gate across a doorway or they can't just leave freely when they're used to being able to do that. So it's helpful to establish it earlier, but you can still establish it later on, like any other boundary, approaching it very positively. This is to keep you safe, so you don't have to worry about doing something unsafe, and I don't have to worry about you. and uh, you know, this is here to help you. And I hear you really don't like this. Yeah, this is new. So we can always make those kinds of changes if we're willing to be honest and acknowledge our children's feelings about them and allow our child to process their um, response, you know, process that they, they don't like all of our decisions. And that's very healthy to have that kind of leadership with our children where, you know, we can't always be doing everything that pleases them. We have to make those more mature decisions as parents because we're seeing beyond the moment to the big picture. And that's perfectly fine. It's wonderful to be that kind of parent. We've got to also accept the disagreement that our child has towards these changes. So I often get asked, how can I, I wasn't doing this before. How can I do it now? Uh, About a lot of things, about the way natural motor development has been going. Like maybe there's been a lot of assistance and the child has gotten used to that. And now we want to stop. We can always make those changes. As long as we're willing to accept that we're going to get blasted for them. (laughs) And that's okay. It's healthy. If we can be uh, very accepting and almost encouraging, actually, of that, that I want to hear when you don't like my choice, I'm fine with that. It's such wonderful relationship modeling, you know, how to be in conflict with someone and not take it personally. (laughs) Um, we get to show them how that looks. So it's all good. Of course, there are going to be situations where he's not in a safe place and he does have access to other things. So there sometimes are ways that we can look at baby proof, child proof, other areas of our house that maybe aren't going to ever be 100% safe, but at least, you know, we can make them as safe as possible. And then when these actions happen, basically doing the opposite of what this parent is sharing, where she's getting frustrated, she's giving a reaction, and she's reacting with alarm and urgency and all the things that create excitement around these kind of activities. And so really, she just has to stop doing that. The way to do that is to perceive it as it is, which is very positive, healthy, normal stuff. This is learning. This is why children learn and develop so much in these first few years, more than we do the whole rest of our lives put together. The development is so rapid. And that's because they're constantly (laughs) receiving information and processing it and exploring and, and trying to figure out all of these things. And they're curious, you know, they're curious about how do I do this? And what can oh? What am I able to do here? And they're also curious about how did the giants react to this? How do the grownups? Uh, you know, what gets the rise out of them? Wow, that was really powerful. I did that. And they all came running in and they got frustrated. Uh, not that they like the negative attention, but it's interesting to them. <laughs> it's whoa, what? How did that happen? All I did was, you know, climb up on this and now I'm in trouble. Or giants are, are worried about me. So it makes sense. What he's doing is what he's supposed to be doing. And so I think perceiving this as normal and not he's got a grudge against you and he's, you know, trying to make you angry. That's not what's behind it. What's behind it is that he's wondering why you're getting angry. He's wondering why (laughs) this is happening and how this little guy can have so much power. So that question, as soon as that gets answered with, you know, actually, this doesn't phase me at all, then, you know, he will rarely do this, which again, doesn't mean you can just let him be in unsafe environments, but it will make it less likely that he's going to do those things. Really, children do have a pretty good sense of, you know, if furniture is stable and and they've been able to climb up, they usually can get down safely. They do have good sense about what they're capable of doing, especially if we allow them to develop these skills naturally and we don't put them up on things and, you know, take them down on, off of climbing structures and, you know, hold their hand as they're they're getting down from things. If we really allow them to do it themselves while we spot, then they usually do have a good sense of what their bodies are able to do. So that means all we need to do is take the power out of it. And that's certainly within all of our capability to do. Definitely this mother can do that. And that's what I would recommend. So let's just say that she sees him. Let's see one of her examples that she uses. He likes to jump on the couch. So let's say there he is jumping on the couch and if she wasn't already paying attention to him at that moment, it's very likely he'll be calling out to her because he wants her to come look at him and he wants to see, is this leader going to respond? Uh, is this going to wind her up or, or, you know, can I relax here and not have to worry about this on some level that gets such power? What is she going to do? I love young children because they're, they're just so obvious in everything they do. Much easier to figure them out. They're just much simpler that way. So then you know that you're aware that this is going on and really have to practice that relaxed, I've called it the ho-hum walk, just striding in there and a little bit of acting here, I think. Aha, I see you there. Okay. I'm gonna help you I'm gonna give you a hand to get down. Or maybe even not saying that much, just looking at him, you know, nodding your head and taking him down giving it as little attention and excitement as possible. That means being relaxed about it, not being stern and coming in there and just not saying anything, you know, but having that lack of comfort in your body, you know, in your body language. Really knowing this is fine, this guy, there he goes again, you know, this is what kids do and it's perfectly fine. (laughs) I'm just going to go stop him because I'm not sure if that's completely safe. I really don't want him pounding those uh, cushions and the springs in that sofa. So uh, I'm going to give you a little hand to get down and then he may do it again. And, you know, you'll probably have to kind of choose your, I don't really want to say battles here, but you're going to have to sometimes let some things go, because, you know, you're going to have to sort of categorize it, what level of urgency it has. Even if it seems pretty urgent, we still have to come in with a calm demeanor. But if it's kind of really low on the urgency level, I would maybe consider maybe I'm being too reactive here and maybe this really doesn't matter and I'm just going to let it go. And that will kind of buy you points towards him feeling like this really doesn't have much power. So I would let some of those things go. I think a lot of times as parents, we get caught up in everything's emergency. You know, we got to fix this and we got to fix that. And oh, that thing's piping up over there. And you know, now he's doing this and got to go in there. I got to be on it. Try to, um, I was talking about this in my class this past week with parents and I can't really explain how to do it, but I know we just have to kind of unplug something in ourselves that is so reactive to everything. I know that I can tend to be that way. I think it stems from feeling like we have all these responsibilities that, that I, I really don't think are that helpful to us or that are really in our job description. Like, Everybody's got to be happy all the time. Everyone's got to be calm. Everything's got to be, you know, maybe it's a kind of perfectionism or I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what it comes from, but unplugging that because, first of all, it will make you very, very tired, feeling like you've got to fix this and got to do that and got to make that better. And now here's a problem. There's a problem. Everything's a problem. You know, really, there are not that many big problems that are going to happen with a safe environment. There just aren't. So maybe a little more trust and, yeah, just realizing that our tone and our demeanor matter a great deal as leaders. When children feel like they have that calm, confident leader that's unruffled, then they don't do much of these kinds of behavior unless, you know, again, they're stressed, there's something else going on, there's some big transition they're making. So I think a lot of parenting is about finding that balance between being responsive and giving our children that attention they need and and caring for their needs. And also giving this overall message that we feel really competent in this job, (laughs) that our child doesn't have to worry about us. We know what we're doing. Even when we don't, we're pretending we know what we're doing. Uh, We're acting as if. And, you know, we find that Wait a second, I do. I can lead a 16-month-old. I can lead a three-year-old. I can lead a six-year-old. So I hope that helps. And thanks so much for listening, everybody. And once again, no bad kids. Toddler Discipline Without Shame we will give you uh, a lot of guidelines for this kind of approach. And also Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. They're both available on audible.com and in paperback at Amazon and in ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and apple.com. We can do this. If you like Unruffled, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com/survey.